0: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff.
1: My guest is Peter Sterling, one of the world's premier harpists, who during his 28-year career has had several number one records on the international radio charts. He was also a bronze and silver medal winner in the prestigious global music awards and he won the new age ambient song of the year in 2017 today we'll discuss his book hearing the angels sing and how he became a world-class harpist in service to the angels peter thank you for joining me and welcome thanks jeff thanks for
0: having me and you know it's not just service to the angels it's the angels are like they're just representing a higher light so it's really about the
1: higher power you know serving that God power well Peter if you don't mind can we first start with your spiritual journey and how it led you to playing the harp
0: yeah you know I I'm well as you see in the background here uh this is one of my photographs one of my art pieces that I make here and um, I live in Sedona and uh I was guided to come here I was led here in the late 1980s and I came here on my my spiritual quest i had started hearing rumors of this mystical power spot in the desert southwest i was living in colorado at the time and there was rumors of this this place with these incredible rock formations and energy vortexes and the word was getting out and this was before the internet so i had uh, no way to uh, you know google it and learn about what sedona was but i just i just got an intuitive hit i had to go so i, I packed up my vehicle and headed down into Sedona and it was in the springtime and came down Oak Creek Canyon for the first time. I was just so struck by the the beauty and the majesty of these amazing red rocks. I didn't know what to expect. So it was just beyond kind of my imagination and uh, it just felt so familiar with it. And I just knew I was going to end up living here. And that's what happened. I, I moved there a short time after my first visit and and shortly after I arrived, I I received a message because I was like already on my spiritual path, but I was I I was hearing my inner guidance that I should release all my material possessions and acquire a Volkswagen camper van and and that I was going to be led on a journey. There was something that I was to discover really like uh, I was going to get a mission upgrade or really, you know, get some answers to the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my mission? very common for for people and uh, what my guidance was to just get a van so I could be completely free and unencumbered by traditional uh, trapments of life and and I could follow my inner voice and and was going to lead me to certain places and that's what happened but the main thing here was that I was led out into the canyons here of Sedona and and I was led to, guided to just sit and listen to silence and meditate in the supreme stillness and silence that exists in the canyons here in Sedona. And so that's what I did, Jeff. And it was really, the main thing was sitting in that silence and going through many mystical experiences with my my meditation, going really deep and accessing some profound states of awareness. And, you know, the only thing I could describe it is like in the yoga tradition, they have a term it's called samadhi and samadhi there's different levels of samadhi as you go in your yoga meditation practice because that's what i was doing i was practicing yoga and my my breathing my pranayama and advanced meditation techniques and and also you know experimenting with some uh astral travel techniques uh, astral flight and i was you know reading the books of robert monroe monroe institute and was very fascinated by that and also my grandmother was a mystic and she was very advanced in the spiritual science of Ekankar, which is the ancient science of soul travel. And she was a guardian of mine when I was young. She was always whispering things in my ear. I was very curious always what she was doing. And then as I became a teenager, she shared all the books and the techniques of how to uh, leave your body and, and, and ascend up into these higher planes. So I had some background, but then when I got to the canyons of Sedona in the vortexes, in the dimensional uh, portals of these canyon areas, which are so, you know, world famous now, um, that I, I went in through some sort of a portal where I was, I was taken up into the light. And I heard the most beautiful sound. I heard the, the music of the angels, the heavenly choirs, uh, and even the music of the spheres but really it was the angels that I heard. Now, at first I thought, Jeff, that maybe somebody was out in the forest with me because I was out in the canyons by myself. I'd just hike out and sit on a rock and just listen, what I call listen to silence. But at first I thought maybe somebody was out there with a portable stereo playing some sort of classical music that I was floating on the wind. But then I realized, no, that's not what this is. I was tuning into something that was of a divine origin and it was powerful once i realized that that i was actually hearing the inner music which so many of the saints and mystics have spoken about that it was my whole body began to tremble and shake and tears would just spontaneously came to my eyes and it was such a powerful frequency of what i was tuning into and then my inner voice was to was telling me to just trust surrender and let go and allow the music to to take you up, to take you on a journey. And so that's what I did. I was just very easily, I was able to kind of float out the top of my head, out of my crown chakra, up into the light. And I was surrounded by this golden light, just being fast in the golden light and hearing this heavenly sound. It was such a otherworldly experience. But then as I was looking in my inner vision, I could see that there was some sort of shapes or forms around me. And as I adjusted my focus, all of a sudden, I could see that I was surrounded by a group of angels. And these angels were the cherubs, the little baby ones that we often see depicted in the great Renaissance art, uh, often holding harps and instruments. And that's exactly what they looked like. They were holding harps and flutes and violins. And they were like little cherubs. And they were floating in the air around me and I could see them. And and all of a sudden I could hear them in my in my in my mind. And I could hear them saying Jeff, they were like, wow, look at him. Do you think he can see us? Can you? And I could hear that in my mind. And I thought back to them, yes, I can see you. Can you see me? And they said, yeah, we can, we can see you and we can hear you. Can you see us and hear us? I said, yes, I can. And they got so excited. It was like, oh, my God, they had made a connection with a mortal where we could hear and talk to each other. And they were so excited about that. And um, But that was the start of this profound and magical and amazing connection and relationship I have with this group of cherubs and angels that I've been now you know connecting with for 30 years and um so it was out of this experience we 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 could communicate and they they took me on many journeys mm-hmm. and and ultimately what came was that um they gave me the message as classical as messengers that you know my mission that i was asking to be revealed to me because as i was spending so much time in the canons and walking the trails and being in the forest and being in nature. I was just praying to great spirit, you know, I'm here to serve, you know, reveal to me what is my work? What is my mission? And then the angels came and they said that your mission is to play the harp and to be a channel for this music, the sound that you're hearing, this heavenly sound that they that I would be a counterpart to them and i would join with them this group and together we would work as a team and i would be the earthly counterpart to these celestial angelic musicians and that they would i mean music wasn't really a big part of my life when this happened and i asked them i said are you sure you got the right guy i mean i'm not even a musician but they said they were assured me that this was true that you were this was your destiny and that you know, uh, so they said that working together as a team, they will teach me how to play the harp and that together we will bring through a very special music for this time of the dawning of the Golden Age, the Long Prophecy Golden Age. And, and because music, and especially the harp, has a tonal quality and a resonance to it that is so healing and is so transportive and... Um, that uh, it would play a very important role and wow when I first received this message and this mission I was like you know I wasn't sure if I was making this up in my imagination how could this be this is so out of left field so beyond any kind of reference all of a sudden I'm having a relationship with these ethereal celestial angelic beings I never happened to me before and but they reassured me through these miracles and synchronicities that they would create on my path as I was go along to, to assure me that, indeed, this was a real experience that I was having. And I write about it in my book, uh, Hearing the Angels Sing. There it is, by the way. And uh, so, yeah, that's how it started. And long story short, I finally said, yes, I, I will do this. And within a short time, a harp came into my life, a small harp. I took this small harp out into the canyons, out in the forest. I could hike with it and take out my magic harp and just start strumming the strings. And my hands began to move by themselves on the strings. This energy would come over me and my, my hands, my fingers would just move by themselves. Like, And I would hear them telling me, just trust, surrender, and let go. And the more that I would just let go into the energy with them, my arms would just start to move by themselves where I would just like, I was watching like, Oh my God, what is happening? And, but that the feeling that came along with it, um, was so profound, such a kind of a blissful feeling, uh, and so much love with them. And so that's how I learned to play. And they were just working through me in that way. And then 10 months later, I, Following their guidance, I made my first recording, uh, which, long story short, got discovered by an international record label who I signed a contract with, and uh, they released it worldwide to critical acclaim in 1994. And it was nominated for a String Album of the Year in the Indy Awards. And that was like all the independent record labels every year. It was known as the Baby Grammys back in the 90s. And uh, so it was very exciting. And the way the angels worked with me in the way they assured me that this was real and how they can just open doors and create magical synchronicities when you really get on your path and start working with this higher power, when you want to be a positive force and create beauty in your life with something positive that they will, you can call on this assistance to help you achieve your visions and dreams if it's really for the benefit of all humankind, for the elevation of consciousness that we can call on these, these great powers to help us achieve our mission. And that's, that's what so much of the book is about and the message from them. And so
1: There you go. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. Prior to this, did you have any experience playing any other instrument like guitar or piano?
0: You know, I, I played piano by ear as a child. And I write about that in the book. I I did show some musical talent, actually, as a child. Uh, But, you know, things happened and I, I didn't stay with it. And I searched my whole life. I always felt music in my heart and soul, like probably many of us. And I tried different things. I could play the harmonic pretty good and some drums. And then later, before the harp, I started playing some guitar, learning some chords, but then the harp came, and once I got my hands on the harp, it was like I found my instrument. It was just so easy, you know, compared to guitar. Guitar, you really have to practice. You've got to learn those chords and bend your fingers in these very difficult positions. you got to train your hand. But the harp, it's not so much. It's just even just strumming like this. You can just make a beautiful sound. So it was just so easy to, to get into it and allow it to just kind of happen on its own through improvisation, just playing by ear, you know, it was just really, but then I realized, Jeff, that this was something that I had done before. It was all shown to me that the harp was uh, from the past, you know, that something I remembered in this life. And, uh, and once you carry the harp, you know, it's a, it's a mythical and a legendary, magical instrument, you know, you carry the harp in your life, it comes with some real juju, You know, I mean, Merlin, the magician, had the harp and King David played the harp and Apollo, the god, played the harp. And so there's some pretty heavy hit ears that carried the harp and could really uh, control some pretty strong elemental energies with the harp instrument when you read the stories about it. So,
1: yeah, so it's been amazing. Is the harp already tuned up in a chord or you know like it's in C or G or something or Yeah it...
0: generally the the harp, the, the main tuning of the harp is a C major and then you have some levers or that you can do some sharps and flats and change the the scale as you're playing.
1: So are you saying that you never even took a lesson? All your training was done by the angels?
0: Pretty much you know when I first got the harp, the woman I bought it from she was a harpist she later became a very close friend of mine. But when I first got the heart from her, I took a couple of lessons where she just basically showed me kind of how to tune the instrument, how to hold it properly, how to put my hands properly on the string. And she showed me a couple of basic fingerings, you know, and these I just took and just kind of ran with. Uh, so basically, you know, she just kind of showed me the basics, where to put my hands and do a couple little twinkly things. But then I just... I just went off, and it just came through so quickly. It was really like a lightning bolt came into my life, and I was just this powerful, magical thing came in my life. I was so captivated by it, Jeff. You know, when I first started playing, I probably was playing three to four hours a day. You know, first thing in the morning, in the day, any free moment, I would just sit at it because I was so enchanted by the sound and the way the harp you know, it leans right up against your body, this a very unusual instrument in that way, uh, how it goes right up the front of your body. And uh, it's very powerful. It's very powerful to, to to kind of be able to play it. Because once you really start playing it, the whole thing is vibrating, you know, it's like this, it's like alive. you know, and it's like a wing, you know, the way the harp is shaped. And When I, whenever I sit at the harp, Jeff, I just, I really never know really what I'm going to play. I just put my, that's how I always play. That's how my music comes when I compose. I just sit down and start improvising and plucking around. The next thing you know, a a melody kind of emerges in a whole thing and we just play it. And it's really a very alive elemental force. You know, there's been, I've received many, you know, hundreds of letters now over the years from people all over the world who, have had very uh, amazing, magical experiences listening to my music. Uh, the, the, the way the angels gave it to me, Jeff, is that the, the, the music and the way that they showed me and have been guiding me how to create it. Like my music, when you listen to it, put on headphones. It's like a whole kind of sonic uh, panorama opens up. And the way I mix it, you can really get into it. It's like very immersive. And that's and there's things that move through the sound field from left to right. And it kind of opens up into a whole enchanting world. And if you close your eyes with my music and look up into your mind's eye, into your imagination, uh, all of a sudden it really is very evocative. You start to see images and pictures of things. And that's the way I created it. You know, like I have a very famous song called In Monet's Garden. and. It was, <clears throat> And it was dedicated to the artist Monet. And in my recording studio, I had posters of Monet in books and really looking and saturating into his experience. And then as I was, you know, recording and playing and had the other artists come in, we would all look at his pictures and just really absorb the energy of his paintings. And then as we were playing, we would just visualize that. So when you listen to it, it just has it kind of encoded like a hologram it's it's really quite amazing how it works so as i was saying many many letters from people who say when they listen to my music they see angels uh in the house deceased loved ones they make contact with all sorts of physical ailments have cleared up depression is very common uh mental illness they find peace and balance by listening to my music because the energy the way it works the way the angels described it to me is that when you play my music in your home that it creates kind of like a resonant energy field of sound waves that vibrate our very sympathetic resonance to uh, the angels through this higher light and that the feeling of love and oneness where the angels exist in this higher plane this higher sphere of oneness like that's where we're going this is the next step is into the unified field of oneness this is what all the mystics and saints have talked about you know so that's the space and the music has that energy in it and can transport you into this higher frequency so that you can feel connected i mean people that were have felt disconnected and uh from source they listen to my music and it just it heals the heart and they feel something in my music that often makes people cry, and it's very healing. And so there's lots of letters on my website, you can hear those stories. And it's always very humbling and, you know, rewarding to hear how this music affects people. And it's something I've taken great care and great responsibility to, you know, to be the steward of it in my life and, uh, and, and to be the vehicle for this to come through.
1: Do you feel like the music is being transported into your higher self and then it comes down and out through you? I do. I do. Now, it's interesting because
0: when the angels first started teaching me and I I learned uh, some years later after it began that there was one angel in particular that became like my personal kind of harp teacher. And this angel would hover above me. And many psychics and clairvoyants have seen this angel around me, especially when I would play concerts and stuff. They would say, "You know, you got this huge angel above you." They, many people have seen it, and uh, and it's kind of it has more of a feminine energy to it, I would say. But but this angel, as I got more and more comfortable, this angel would actually come and actually kind of would come. Uh, seems like completely like into my body very similar to in the movie ghost with you know Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg when uh his wife died right or he died and then he came into the body of Whoopi Goldberg so that he could touch remember that scene Mm -hmm. that's how kind of like me this angel would kind of come into me and then play through me uh but then As I got more and more connected, I didn't need it so intensely. So they were able to kind of back off and just let me be in my own sphere because I was so connected to that energy, to that source energy. I didn't need the help so much as I did at first to stabilize within that frequency.
1: Have you ever noticed either when you're playing a concert, recording, or both, that you become, you feel like you actually become the music.
0: Oh, yeah, I feel that
1: pretty much most of the time. I mean,
0: that's the feeling that I am going for is to become one with my instrument. And, you know, when you get in the zone, when I get in the zone with my playing, it's just happening. I'm not, I'm just kind of, staying in the present moment with it and allowing my hands to move it's a, it's it's what it's the way i hear it and the way my brain can see it and feel it and i kind of get a lot of the whole picture it's like this i'm like a transducer i'm a receiver and a transducer and then i'm a i'm a transmitter so like i get these downloads from the angels that come down through this circuit that I have. And my nervous system is able to translate that into these movements on the strings that make this glorious heavenly sound on the harp. And it's an incredibly powerful alchemical kind of experience because it's happening on, it's very multidimensional. So as it's going on, I'm very much aware of what's kind of happening on this higher dimension, but then in the same respect, I'm very aware of being in the 3d realm with a physical body and talking to you but i have another part of me that is and all of us have that it's like our fifth dimensional higher self right and so that was how i made this connection jeff was and i was guided even before the angels came that i was to just i was going up to connect with my my higher self my christ self my what the in the ascended masters teachings, they would call it your magic presence or your I am that I am. And there was there's this circuit, like in yoga, they talk about the central, uh, the uh, circuit that goes up the central column, as and then as you, you, you go through the different chakras, then your crown chakra can open up. And then there's, you know, there's several chakras that are outside the body. And if you open your crown chakra, you know, open your heart, Go to the third eye and open up your imagination and visualize yourself traveling up a central pillar and connecting with your, your Christ self or your I am presence. And that's how I was guided to do. So I was just really clearing that circuit in my meditation and going up and up. And by doing that, that's when I, I regained a lot of my spiritual gifts from the past. It's just this amazing thing that can happen. When you do that, and it was always guided to, you know, walk the central channel and connect with your higher self or your divine self, your I am presence, and just expand into that light. And then the guidance was to just bring it back down the central column and anchor that into the physical body. So, you know, I was doing a lot of clearing work on my physical body, on my emotional body. Uh, a lot of deep healing to clear out all the, the blockages in my field, you know, all the emotional traumas, clear my pain body, go I had to, you know, heal my inner child, go through my whole childhood, all the traumas, clear that out to make space because that stuff can hold us down as a higher, as a lower vibration. So I would clear that and that just allowed, made room for me to just embody more and more of my divinity. And as I did that, then my my gifts came, my spiritual gifts, or like I would tell my son, my superpowers, I reclaimed some of my superpowers, you know, and it's true. And, you know, you do this, and all of a sudden you, 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 you know, the, the different clairs, the four clairs. you develop clairaudience, clairvoyance, clairsentience, claircognizance, these are spiritual powers or in yoga, they call them cities, right? As you go through your yoga practice, deepen your mind, then you get spiritual powers come, and um, so that's what happened to me. I, all of a sudden I could hear my clairvoyance. I could, I could hear the music. I could hear the angels talking, and I could my clairvoyance. I could see them. I could see into this other realm, this other dimension. So I became a seer, and then a hearer. I
1: could hear and see, and uh, that's, that's what happened to me. When you're playing the harp, does it physically lean on your body?
0: Yes, it does.
1: So it you does. can actually like feel the vibrations through your oh, body it's as you're playing.
0: It is amazing experience. Uh, and uh, I, I could play for you if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. So here we are, Jeff. I'm gonna play my partly invisible harp that's popping in and out from another dimension. But you'll hear it here, just for a moment.
1: Thank you that's beautiful while we're talking about music your book hearing the angels sing also comes with like a cd of music as well it does
0: it it has in the back cover it has a, a cd of uh, 70 minutes of music that's kind of like the soundtrack and the way the angels uh, described it to me is like because the way the book was written i would i was I used dictation software so I could speak the words. So I would kind of go into kind of an altered state. And then it just it just came out. It's very poetic. Many parts as I describe the higher planes of and the journeys the angels took me on. Uh, so uh, it's almost like poetry in a sense, a spiritual poetry and prose. But um, when you listen to the music as you're reading the book. The, the music's like the soundtrack to the story, so that it really opens it up in your imagination as you're reading. And, and I, it works very, very well together. And people love that effect. It's super cool.
1: I think in your book you talk about where the angels reside. And if so, where is that? Mm. Well, let's see.
0: The cherubs... So the cherubs, this group that I'm connected with, um, the cherubs are known as a very high order of angels. So so they exist in 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 a higher frequency, a higher dimension. I would say it's, you know, at least in the fifth, sixth, seventh dimension is where I was taken with them. I was taken up into the light. And one of the most amazing panoramas and vistas they showed me on one of these journeys that I describe in my book, was when I was taken and I saw I was in this dark space with them and we were just kind of floating in the ethers. And all of a sudden they directed, they told me to look over to the distance over here and in the blackness, I saw like a point of light. It was like a single star in a black canvas. And all of a sudden we just started moving towards it. And this little spot of light, spark of light became bigger and bigger and bigger until all of a sudden. It was like a luminous sphere of golden light before me, and Jeff, it was so like intense that the light coming off of this luminous sphere was, I call it like the light of a thousand suns. It was very intense at first, but once again, the angels, their mantra to me over and over was trust, surrender and let go. So as I just let go into it, all of a sudden I I came into resonance with this very high frequency of this luminous sphere, and then the feeling that I felt all of a sudden was just, it was pure love, it was emitting pure divine love, and it was just washing over me. Uh, and, And the sound coming off of it was like, it was like the angelic choirs, it was just pulsating pure love. And it was like it was a cleansing, like all the sorrow and pain and
1: sadness of all my lifetimes was washed away from my soul in that moment. It's fascinating because some of my near-death experiencers basically have an experience like yours yeah, in, in which they end up in a black space, which we call the black void. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they'll see a light in the distance that kind of draws them into the light and it gets bigger and bigger until they're surrounded in light and with, and with unmeasurable amount of love like you, like you've had.
0: That's exactly uh, what it was like. And as a matter of fact, uh, one year, several years ago, I was invited to be a speaker at the, uh, International Association of Near-Death Studies National Conference or International Conference. It was in California several years ago. And, uh, and they brought me up on stage and to play my harp and tell my story because this was like the classic near-death experience. And, uh, you know, uh, so, so, yes, that's what it was like. That's what it was like.
1: What I also find fascinating is that you mention trust and surrender over and over again and it appears that with some of my near death experience guests that when they finally surrender into death they are having this experience That's right yeah, it's once you let go you have to
0: let go you know uh-huh. it's that it's that leap of faith kind of a thing where you have to be willing to die you know and when you let go of the fear because it's the fear that holds us back always and i just had to surrender and let go and i and, and then i was taken up into the light and and that's when i was able to you know behold this incredibly glorious vision and hear the sound of the angels music of the multitudes of angels and You know, as I was seeing the luminous sphere of light, then I could see, Jeff, that there was moving around it. There was these forms and I adjusted then. It was appeared to me that I could see the multitudes of angels spiraling around this great luminous sphere of golden light. And, you know, the angels that I was with, they told me, they said, this is God. They said, this is it. This is the source of all love and light in the universe. This is the Godhead this is the wellspring of all love in the universe. this is it. oh my God, you know I could feel it, I could feel it that this was it, this is god and and um, man, Jeff, it was uh, after that experience i I wasn't the same person that the energy of that completely like rewired my 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 nervous system and my DNA, you know and I my life went on a different trajectory at that point, and that's when I became one. I got to experience the oneness, and and from that point on, I've never feared death. And I know it's on the other side, and it's a beautiful experience waiting for all of us.
1: I was taking a look at your book, and I believe one of the chapters is called disk of Phastos." Disc of Phastos, yeah. What is that? Well, let me show you. I have a picture of it right here,
0: the disk of Festus, uh, and I talk about this in the book. Yeah, so when I was traveling in Greece uh, back in the eighties, I was uh, on the island of Santorini, and I discovered I was I was in a jewelry store, and I, I I was captivated by this pendant that I saw. It was very common in a couple of the jewelry stores in Santorini, and I finally asked, "What is that?" And the guy told me, he said, this is the disk of Festos, that it was a, a clay tablet disk that was found on the island of Crete in the temple of festos And back in those days, uh, even scientists didn't really know exactly what it was, but it was kind of hieroglyphics on this clay tablet. And I was just drawn to it. So I ended up buying buying this pendant and uh, I put it on the, the necklace around my neck. and then. A few months later, when I was in Colorado in the wintertime, I had this mystical experience where I was under the night sky in the wintertime, in the middle of winter, up at 8,000 feet. And I looked up and I saw the Pleiades star cluster. And it was so bright. And there was, it was no moon. The stars and the Milky Way was so brilliant. But the Pleiades was directly above my head. And as I looked up into it, there was all of a sudden this energy. That was so strong coming in. It just linked right to my third eye. And all of a sudden I felt this energy guiding me to spin in place and look up at the Pleiades. And that's what I did. And as I did that, the stars started to swirl. And all of a sudden it just appeared spontaneously in the night sky, the disk of Festos. And I was told I received information. This is in my book, by the way. that this was a star map that was left by uh, an extraterrestrial race, uh, and it was uh, some sort of a galactic star map. And then, sure enough, um, uh, there was some research done on this that did show that the disk of festos is actually connected to different constellations in the night sky. So, so it was a very Mystical experience around this disc of festos, which was left here by some advanced race uh, as, a, as a star map to find our way, our way
1: back home. Since you live in Sedona, have you seen any UFOs out there?
0: Oh, we see them all the time here. Yeah, there's a lot of phenomena here, and I have my own tour company here. It's called Sedona Sacred Land Journeys. So. I I spend a lot of time out on the land. I see a lot of phenomena, but I also uh, do uh, some uh, uh, UFO night vision tours. I have some military grade and night vision goggles. So I'm out looking all the time and we see we see uh, things here all the time. Unexplained aerial phenomena, I guess you would call it. Uh, But I, I have been I have photographed some craft over the years and um, had some dramatic photographs of actual craft uh, that I've been able to capture on camera.
1: Are those pictures in
0: your book? I don't have any pictures in the book about that. No, a lot of them came after the book, actually. When I came back this last time in 2012, I came back to Sedona for the fifth time. And uh, a a lot of stuff has been happening, yeah.
1: Maybe your next book can be about UFOs. I have an amazing story uh, but we won't get
0: into it here because it would open up a whole uh, another long discussion. Uh, but uh, I did have a very powerful experience, a contact experience back in 2009, which I actually did an interview for Project Camelot and above top secret and I shared I went to the Bay Area UFO conference and shared my story of what I experienced. But uh, it was a powerful experience. Uh, but uh, we'll have to maybe have another talk about that one another time if people would like to hear more about that.
1: Can you tell us about the vortexes, not only in Sedona, but all around the planet? Yeah. You know,
0: I've, I've had the
1: opportunity to go to
0: some of the great planetary vortexes like uh, the Great Pyramids of Egypt, uh, all the Egyptian temples. Machu Picchu and and the British Isles going to Stonehenge and uh, the stone circles there, and also Sedona. Uh, So, of course, there are places on the planet that have these kind of what they would call geotelluric energies, where there's enhanced electromagnetism at certain sites. And originally they were discovered by what would be termed, you know, the early people, the pagans who very sensitive to earth energies, and they built shrines and altars. And then later, of course, the church came in and built their their churches on top of the same site and dedicated the church to a saint that has the same qualities as the original pagan gods and goddesses. It's quite fascinating. But uh, here in Sedona, you know, this has been known as a place of, of interdimensional portals. And my understanding is this is one of the most powerful interdimensional kind of galactic portal power spots on the planet uh, in many ways. Uh, So here, what's interesting about Sedona is that, you know, the U.S. Geological Survey has surveyed all of North America and Canada, measuring the magnetic field with aircraft flying at low altitudes with a magnetometer. And you can actually go to the usgs.gov website and look at the magnetic field lines of North America, and if you were to do that, you would discover that here in the Sedona region, on these red rock formations that are behind me here, and all the power spots are very unusual magnetic fields. So basically the magnetic field is fairly consistent, but there are areas where there's unusual magnetic fields. These are called magnetic anomalies, and they're either spikes or dips in the magnetic field and so uh this is interesting so as it turns out that the sedona region has the highest uh, amount of magnetic anomalies unusual magnetic fields in all of north america are found here in the red rock formations of sedona and so the vortexes here for instance are like you know bell rock cathedral rock airport mesa and boynton canyon and, and the vortexes are believed to have, be either electric or magnetic or a combination of the both. So like Airport Mesa and Bell Rock, these are known to be electrical vortexes where the energy moves up and out and they're spiral kind of cone-shaped formations. So the energy spirals up and out of these formations. So when you go sit there, people often report having like an out-of-body experience there. Some sort of astral travel is very common and, and UFO sightings are common there. And then so like uh, Cathedral Rock is known as magnetic vortex. So that's a place to go. And you just feel very connected and, and grounded there. Uh, so it's, it's something to experience. And the fourth major point in Canyon, is a combination of the two. So there you feel like you're very grounded, yet the top of your head is open To the to the sky, like so, you're really this conduit there, and that's where so much happened to me in that area. Where when I made contact with the angels for the first time, it was out in the Boynton Canyon area, and there's so many mystical stories from people over the years and decades of having incredible things happen to them out there. So you know there are the science of the magnetic field line maps that you can see that there are these unusual magnetic fields here, and then also you can see the geological uh uh the geology maps there too and you will see that in sedona underneath sedona there's large layers of quartz crystal there's water also here in the land high iron content copper gold and silver is uh, all over so very powerful uh conductive metal uh you know uh, contents in the soil here, and, and crystalline and water. So it's a very powerful place. But it also ties into the stories of the Hopi legends of this being a place uh, where there's secret passageways that go down into the subterranean worlds here of what the the Hopi call the ant people, mm. right? And so, and and it's been well known that there's phenomena going here underground in Sedona, right? I mean, it's been known for years and even in QAnon was saying that there were these underground you know bases that the government has underground and sedona is on the map that there was a major underground facility here and maybe there is that's part of what we, we see going on here with the night
1: vision you know if somebody traveled to sedona how do you find the vortexes are they labeled or are they like in a park or are there are there maps at the tourist places
0: there are maps at the tourist places and you just have to ask people you know ask people they'll tell you and there's tons of tour companies here tour business is a big thing Where all tour companies will take you to the different vortexes so and that's what I do that's my my company is uh, uh Sedona sacred land journeys of course my website is harpmagic.com if you come there you can hear and see my music as well as my visual art because I'm a photographer and an artist, I show my work in the galleries here, but then my tour page. And you can learn about my Sedona tours. And I love taking people out into the back country, into the quiet places. And, and we have these beautiful I do my sound healing work. We do some meditation. We do some just opening ourselves up to the heavens out there in this beautiful, pristine, energetic place uh, out in the canyons of Sedona. It's quite an experience.
1: Now, you have a YouTube channel,
0: right? I do. It's a Harp Magic.
1: Is it? Uh, and all
0: my links are, if you go to harpmagic.com, right on the homepage, I have all my, my social media links are there. My YouTube channel link is there. You can see all my stuff there.
1: Do you have music videos there as well? Yes, right on the homepage. Uh, what's, what's cool is
0: my, my latest music video, uh, it came out as a single last spring. It's called The Long Cold Winter. And this came as a premonition. And uh, it turned out to be a tribute song to the brave people of Ukraine, something the angels gave me before the Ukraine war broke out. This melody came through the harp and I was improvising with a friend on guitar and harp. And all of a sudden, this melody dropped into the harp and we just played it from beginning to end, like it dropped in like a complete song. And when we finished, we looked at each other like, wow. That was amazing. And it just feels like something from Eastern Europe. And we thought, it felt like during a war, it was very melancholy and there was some sadness in it a little bit. And we thought maybe it was coming like it was a memory of some sort of World War II or the siege of Leningrad during the winter. And we felt there were people cold and hungry and it was a terrible thing. We're like, wow. But my angels told me, they were very clear. They said, you need to record this song immediately. So I was like, okay. So I went into my home studio and I, you know, over the next few days, I, a week or so, I recorded this song and got other musicians to come in. As I was working on it over the next couple of weeks, I'd say, all of a sudden, there on the news was the war broke out. And then all of a sudden, we started seeing the pictures of the refugees. And, and I was like, oh my God, this. This wasn't a memory, this was a premonition of something that was coming. And I asked the angels and they said, yeah, they said, this is a very important historic event that will change the history of the world. And they guided me, they showed me, they guided me to make a a music video, like a short film with the music. And I, as I listened to this track to the song, I could see the whole story of how it told the story of a young girl maybe 12 years old and her little brother, and they lived in the rural countryside out of, outside of Kiev, and, and they had this kind of pastoral life. So it shows, so anyway, I saw this whole picture and they said, you gotta make this music video as a peace tribute, a peace song right now. And I was like, okay. So I finished recording and then I, I found an, an animator, an award-winning animator on the internet, a young woman who lives in Slovenia, And I contacted her and I hired her to create an original hand-drawn animation from start to finish five minute piece. And and it was beautifully done. And when it was done, I entered it into international film festivals around the world. So this has won several awards, including uh, the Los Angeles Cinematography Award for best music video. It's won awards in Paris in Scandinavia, in Milan and New York
1: it's called the long, cold winter. So come right. and look at it on YouTube. If someone wants to reach out to you and ask you questions, should they do it through your website?
0: Yeah, they can, uh, there's a, a link to send me an email. You can write me at Peter at Gmail. Um, and if you go to my website, harpmagic.com, and, uh, Go to my tour page i think i even have a phone number there on the tour page that you can call if you want to go on a sacred land journey and experience the angels for yourself
1: are you working on any new music or anything i am else? i'm just
0: getting ready to release another album uh album number 17 and it's called mystic voyager and that will be coming out probably i'm thinking february uh towards the end of february this year so I'm, uh, this next year
1: so I'm super excited about that are you still under contract with that initial um record company or... nope. i've had a couple of record deals over the year but now
0: i have my own record label harp magic music and i just uh it's all under one roof here with me but i do have a team of people that help me with various things but basically i'm the sole owner and proprietor of my record label and have complete control of my music now.
1: Can you find your music on iTunes yeah. and Spotify? Oh, sure. Yeah, my music is on
0: all the streaming platforms, Apple Music, Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, SoundCloud. It's all there. I have some great channels on uh, Spotify
1: and uh, Pandora. Put my name in there come on. All right, Peter. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? I would say, you know, the angels, they're always so hopeful about everything. I
0: know sometimes the world can look pretty pretty chaotic, pretty challenging, the, the world situation, everything we're being confronted with within our world right now. But the message is always to one of, to not give up hope that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, that it is kind of darkest before the dawn. And that to have faith and to believe in the vision of the dawning of the golden age and a thousand years of peace. And, uh, and so I, I just want to encourage everybody to, to have faith in a, in a greater vision where humanity can be unified as one and that we can
1: experience a new in a golden age. Peter, thank you for that message. And thank you again for being my guest. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff.